All right. Let's see here. Am I doing this right? I think so. All right. Welcome. I'm going to read. I'm going to quote myself so I get this right. Welcome to Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. My name is Zach Prosser, and I will be your presenter today. I did my due diligence. Okay. We'll set that aside. All right. Everybody stand up. We're going to get moving. I know you just had lunch, so uh, I know the tendency after lunch is that the brain's starting to get tired. Your body's been sitting through sessions today. Um, So I'm just going to invite you just real simple, whatever you're physically capable to do, but maybe just shift from side to side, move your arms, if you can bend over, touch your toes, whatever you need to do, Uh, but just cross that mid-line, that mid-barrier, if you will, and what that's going to do is going to operate both sides of your brain. We're going to cause both sides of our brain to connect. So when you cross that mid-line barrier, your brain is, see, it's working. I hear the laughter. It's already working. See, this is good stuff. All right. All right. You can sit. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining today. I'm Zach, as previously mentioned. This is Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. Um, We're going to begin with prayer, and uh, we'll get started. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every person that's in this room. Lord, I pray that today they'll walk away with uh, an insight, uh, a perspective shift. Lord, something that will impact them where they're at. And Lord, I just pray that you'd bless our conversation. Lord, that you'd give us eyes to see things that we wouldn't normally see. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is a little bit about me. Before I get started, you can look at that and I'll just talk. How many of you are familiar with Emerge? Okay, some of you are familiar with Emerge. So Emerge is a mental health organization primarily known for what they provide in clinical support, mental health support. Uh, we are now offering uh, at Emerge coaching and coach certification training. So if you are interested in coaching certification training, I'm your guy. I want to talk to you. Um, this is going beyond just a couple of courses in coaching. This is an actual full ICF, International Coaching Federation approved accredited program. So you will get everything that you need in one program uh, to be certified as a coach. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. I'd love to get connected with you. A lot of the programs that are offered, just FYI, a lot of the coaching uh, coach approach, intro to coaching programs are really helpful to get your foot in the door, uh, but they don't take you all the way to a certification. So if you're looking for an ICF approved certification, Emerge has a place for you. Matter of fact, we have some upcoming training, so I'd love to get you connected. Um, But before we get going, I'd love to know um, what are some commitments that we can commit to as we share together in the group. I'm not going to be a talking head all day. We're going to interact. So I'd like to know from you, what are some key commitments that we can commit to as a group as we interact together? Anybody have any one words or a couple words you want to throw out? As we get started, I'll throw one out uh, to get us rolling, and that's confidentiality. So as we talk about group norms today, what commitments we can make, can we all commit to confidentiality? That the stories you hear, uh, let's keep them confidential, but you can share your learnings. What else? Honesty. Honesty. I love honesty. Thank you. I think we can all commit to being honest today. I think so, right? Okay, what else? Active listening. Thank you. Thank you. So good. What else can we commit to? Respect. Respect. Y'all are on the same. See what happens when you get the right. It's group thing happening right in front of us. It's awesome. What else? Intentional. Intentional. 
Anything else we can commit to today? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Anything else that we're, we need to add? Thank you. <laughs> we have a tendency to be that way. I'll talk about that, but thank you. Non, my L ran off the page, but non-judgmental. All right. Um, can I also add be brave today? Is that okay? So let's be brave. So I love these. Um, can we all commit to this? Is everybody okay with that? And I'm just going to park this over here on the wall. So that way, if there's ever any question as we go throughout the day, you can just have a look. All right, what do you want to uh, learn today? As we have time together, what are some of the things you want to walk away with? Things you want to learn? How to ask better questions. Better questions? Okay. You're in the right space. If not, we're in trouble. Okay, what else? I want to learn how to receive the answers. Ooh. Love it. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you. What question? What question? Tell me more. Like, listen, knowing what to listen for to know what question to ask. Yes, so good. Thank you. What else? Things you want to walk away with? Creativity. Creativity. Very good. What else? Anyone? Things you want to walk away with, takeaways from today. When and where to ask. I'm sorry. When and where to ask. When and where to ask. And there's a difference. So I know if you're involved in a lot of, co like you, you're really passionate about coaching, a lot of times we think that coaching is all about asking questions, and it's not. Uh, there's a place to tell as well, so that's really good. I saw a hand. Confidence. Yes, thank you. Confidence. Other takeaways that you want to walk out the room? Competence. I will do my best to help you down that path. <laughs> yes, ma'am. How? Yes, sir. Clarity. Okay. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. Why are questions? Great question. Why are I'm going to abbreviate here. Why are questions important? Anything else? Okay. So we're going to hold on to these throughout the day. We're going to check back in as we talk. Um, but let's get started. So I want everybody to stand back up again. I know, right? Are you, we're not in a Catholic church, I promise. <laughs> I'm from New Orleans, so I can say that. Okay, so I want everybody to turn around, look the other, look behind you. Just look behind you. And I want you to think of a question that has changed the trajectory of your life. A question from your past that has changed the trajectory of your life. All right, now I want you to turn around and look forward. Look towards your future. How did that impact your future? How did that one question change your life? 
Okay, you can be seated. Who wants to throw out maybe the example? Anybody have the example you want to share? Go ahead. Where am I going? How do I get there? And now you're there. Awesome. Another question that's changed. Yes, ma'am. What is my purpose? Okay, and how did that change things? I was saved that June 28th of this last year. Wow. That's a big question. And that's an eternal difference. And the answer was yes. Yes. Yeah. Four years ago. Wow. And you're here today. Yes. Powerful questions. Wow. Wow, wow. See how the, the questions determine the trajectory of our life. When we answer those questions, when we ask those questions, they, they change. So we're going to take a look at that. So there's questions that affect our head and there's questions that affect our heart. And I want us to think about that today. Just sit with that. As you begin to hear questions throughout the day, how is that resonating in my mind? And how is that resonating in my heart? What's my heart telling me when I hear that question? And what's my head telling me? Neurologically, our brains have, uh, there's neuroscience to our brains and there's neuroscience to our hearts. Our, Our head has intelligence and our heart has intelligence. And we oftentimes, they're very different. One of the things I'll actually do in coaching is I'll have someone talk to me as if they're telling their head something. And then I'll say, now talk to me like you're telling your heart. And there's a difference, and we have to cause those two to align. So we're going to look at that today. I'm going to read some questions. I jotted these down earlier. I was sitting in one of the other sessions, and I, uh, I was prepping for my session while I was listening to someone else talk. But um, I wrote down some questions. I want you to listen to these questions and take note of how they resonate in your body, okay? Take note of what happens maybe to your breathing, your body, what you feel in your mind. Just take notice. Why am I a failure? Why am I stuck with these people? Why are they so stupid? Why bother? What's wrong with them? What'd you feel? Negative? Sad? Tension? Touchy? Judgy? What else you notice? Heaviness. Heaviness. Did anybody stop breathing? Shortness of breath. Yeah. Did you, you felt the tension in your body? Did you feel it in your shoulders? Where did you feel the tension? Those of you who said tension. Neck, shoulders. Our bodies tell us things before our brains do, oftentimes. So one of the keys uh, in in being aware of what questions we should be asking is what is our bodies telling us. Be attuned to what your body's saying in the moment as you're interacting with someone. Your body's speaking. So let's keep going. So our trajectory, the future of our life, and you can find this on your handout as well, is determined by the questions that we ask. So you just heard questions that are judgy questions. Now let me change it up a little bit and ask you some different questions. How can I view this differently? What are the possibilities? How can I make a difference? What can I learn? What are the solutions? 
What's the next best step? What'd you feel with those? Positive. Hopeful. Going forward. Thinking ahead. Calm. So our, our future is just going along as normal. And we have this situation that's going on in our world, whether it's our family, whether it's a work situation, or whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever the situation is, and unless there's an insertion point of a new powerful question that changes our perspective, that shifts us out of the problem into possibilities, we stay stuck where? Right in the normal outcome, that expected anticipated future. But when you ask the right question, the powerful question, it changes your future. For example, what's my purpose? That question changed your future, changed your life one question. Life was going around uh, along the normal trajectory and insert new question. So as we think about questions today, think about how they change the trajectory of your life. Think about how they change the, the future that's being written. So I want you to work with somebody there next to you. Hopefully you're comfortable with the people around you. And there's a question written there on your worksheet. What are some powerful questions that Jesus asked? So what are some powerful questions? Just turn, let's work in partners, and just come up. you got about five minutes. Let's talk about some of the questions that we know that Jesus asked. Go ahead. About 30 seconds. All right. Who has a question? What was a powerful question that Jesus asked? Anybody? Who do you say that I am? And what was, the, what was the result, what was the trajectory that that question created? Absolutely. On this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Absolutely. What a question. What else? Okay, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the woman with the issue of blood, or not the issue of the well. She's, you know, she's got all these husbands. Where... 
What a and what happened? Changed her life and um, she went and told. Yeah, she went. And she told the whole town, the whole Samaritan town. Yeah. Wow. What else? Okay. Who touched me? Who? Changed things, didn't it? Yeah. Where's your faith? Yeah, there was there was a couple examples of that, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Do you mm, do do you want to? Do you want to? See, questions are powerful. They change the trajectory. So as you're thinking today with questions, what we're doing is we're stopping the automatic response. If great great results start with great questions. If you want great results, it starts with great questions. So sometimes it's even, you know, if you have a heavy meeting or something that you're playing, sometimes it's really important to just sit down and map out the questions you're asking. You know, if you're going into a performance evaluation or you have a meeting with an employer, staff member, or family member, sometimes it's just, it's helpful just to sit and plan. What questions am I asking? And I'm going to give you a tool to help walk through that before you leave today. Einstein said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about the solution. So what questions are you leading with? What are you asking? So we're going to learn a model today that's going to help you slow down that automatic response and really think about what you're doing. And that's question thinking. So how many of you know our brains just fire off constantly trying to find a pattern? trying to find uh, identity and meaning in our experiences. Um, you know, if you're ever sitting with someone and, and having a conversation and you're hearing them describe a situation, you're like, oh yeah, I've been there. And your brain starts bringing up all those implicit memories of everything that you've done and experienced. And before you know it, you're writing your story over the top of their story. And you're like, when, when I faced that, I did this and I responded this way and this is what I did and this is what happened. And before you know it, you've told your story and that you've not even heard what they're offering, been there, I have. And so what we're doing by question thinking is we're slowing down the automatic response to give ourselves space to figure out how am I really thinking about this? What's really happening? What's really happening with the person in front of me? And so um, the quote, I noticed some of you were uh, taking pictures of that. This is from Marilee Adams, who has written the book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And a great resource, and that's going to be the choice map that I introduced to you today, is from Marilee. And uh, she said, one of the parts of this that I really like, she says, it offers an approach for slowing down the automaticity of internal questions and answers. We're constantly thinking. You're sitting in that staff meeting, and somebody responds, and, and you feel your judger kick in, and you're like, let me tell you a thing. Let me tell you what this is going to look like, right? You've been there. Um, so this is slowing down that process to ask the right questions. Maybe you heard something wrong, you misinterpreted. So we're breaking down our thought process. We're interrupting that automatic response. So how does that happen? You have a diagram on your handout as well, but there's, there's some sort of stimulus, there's some sort of event, and our brain starts firing off. Neurons start happening. And like I said earlier, it's trying to connect past experiences. At the same time, not only is your brain firing off, but your heart intelligence is speaking as well. 
right? We don't often listen to our heart. We hear our brains loud and clear. We don't often take the time to actually hear what our heart's saying. But simultaneously, things are happening. And the default of our brain, if you study anything with neuroscience, the, which I love neuroscience and I love all of the, I, I just, I geek out on all that. It's, there's just a lot out there, especially these days. But um, it, when you study neuroscience, our brain is hardwired to a, to a natural uh, negative response. It's to keep us safe. Our brain automatically looks for ways to protect us and keep us safe. When you walked in this room, you may have not realized it was happening, but you immediately started assessing this room when you came in. Where am I going to sit? Where's safe? Who do I know? Um, I don't want to sit in the front because I don't want to get called on, so I'm going to sit towards the back. Um, I don't want to get COVID, so I'm going to spread out. You know who, right? We just start thinking about, and we don't even recognize it because it's an automatic response generated by our past experience. So the more that we're exposed to a negative environment, um, trauma, this, when, when you get into trauma, dealing with trauma, uh, trauma uh, folks, have had so much of that negative intense feeling so much that actually the cortisol that's been released in their brain has damaged their brain and it it literally takes um, time to rebuild the neuroplasticity of the brain and to overcome some of those traumas and so uh, we all do the same thing whether whether it's trauma or just a negative experience whatever it is we we begin to default to those negative experiences. And so what question thinking does is it causes us to pause. Instead of just jumping to a response, it causes us to pause and to really operationalize our thinking. What am I thinking with? Have you ever heard the saying, um, you can't choose what happens to you, but you can choose your response? You maybe even said it. Um, Which, okay, so that's great, but it really is not that empowering. Because you can choose your response, but can you? The initial response, right? Our initial response is a hardwired response, but thinking happens so quickly that we don't even recognize how quickly it's happening. And so we move into judger. We move into this place of judging the situation. How do I stay safe? Self-preservation. And we don't even recognize it. So question thinking slows down that process and says, okay, so what am I leading off with? When this situation, when this stimulus happens, what am I leading off with? What questions am I thinking about when that happened? What's really happening in the moment? And oftentimes you're going to find out we start off in judger. We start off in that place of judger. So um, when you learn about your judger today, don't beat your judger up. When we talk about judger, embrace your judger. Make, make your judger your friend because your judger is going to try to tell you something today as we move forward. So stay curious. As we go through this journey together, just stay curious. What does that mean? To stay eager to know or learn. Stay interested in. Stay curious. How can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? How can this impact me? How can this change? How can this uh, create a space of creativity? So I want you to just back in your partners there real quick, talk about this question. How can I stay curious? So go to it. You can have fun. A couple minutes. How can I stay curious?
I can go back. Do you need that slide again? Uh-huh. No, you're good. You're good. So what do you notice? What are some of the themes as you're talking about this? What are some of the themes you're noticing? Okay, uh, where's your passion? What else? Patience. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Be intentional. Yeah, be intentional, be part of the process. Was that uh, was that uh, everything? It was great. Thank you. What else? Yes, sir. What do I not know about this? Yeah. Okay. Changing perspectives. I think you have to be patient to be. Sometimes when you're curious, you have to be patient to learn and just keep learning. Yeah, patience. Stay learner. So how a positive attitude? Positive attitude. First thing I thought of is. To approach it to not think that I know everything. I don't know it all. If you feel like you know it, then there's nothing to be curious yeah. about. Can I offer a word that I hear everybody dancing around? And it's mindset. What's the mindset that you're coming into life with? In other words, what's the worldview? What's the perspective that you're filtering everything through? If it's curiosity, then you stay, like we've said, you stay in a place of learning. You're patient to grow. You realize you don't know everything. There's a pla- it's a place of positivity, constantly growing. Great responses. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have a, I have a uh, speaker, but apparently it's disconnected here. Let me try getting the speaker back on, and then we'll be good.
don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me most, that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. You do have a nail in your head. It's not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you're out. not even looking around. Okay, fine, sorry, listen, fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. I'm not sleeping very well at all. All my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. It's not about the nail. Have, how many of you have seen that video before? But great example, right, of staying curious. It's not about the nail. Uh, it's about being curious. And the curiosity gives space to deal with the nail. So I'm going to invite everybody to grab uh, your choice map. This is just a tool. There's a lot of tools. But this is just a tool to help you. I'm going to move this out in front of my mic so they can hear me. This is just a tool. Uh, there's a lot of different tools so um, that help you slow down your thought process. So I'm going to invite you. If you, you can close your eyes to do this, um, or you can leave them open, whatever you're comfortable with. But I just invite you to just settle yourself there in your chair and to just take a deep breath. And just draw your attention to your heart space. As you think about your heart, just begin to focus your breathing as, as if your breath is coming from your heart. And as you're doing that, just allow your breathing to go deeper. And then I invite you just to come back to this space with us together and just have a look at the choice map. Just take a look at it and see where you might be. Where do you find yourself? Where are you today? If you're not where you want to be, where do you want to be? How do you get there? So what I want to point out as you're thinking about this is this is just a snapshot. It's a tool. It's not a video. It's a snapshot. It's a picture in time for us to just reflect and find out where we are. Just to pause our thinking and just reflect. Where am I? Am I on this Judger Road, which by the way we've talked about, is where we default to. Our judges are friend. Our judges trying to tell us something. Judges trying to keep us safe. But if we stay in Judger too long, what happens? Where do we end up? In the mud pit. Nobody wants to be in the mud. How does it feel to be in the mud? Yeah. 
And then there's the learner path. So notice, what do you notice about the learner path? A lot of questions. What else do you notice about the learner path? The bodies are moving. Doesn't end. Yeah. What else? Goes up instead of down. So again, it's just an illustration to help us think about where we're at. And then there's the switching lane, right? So if you find yourself in the judger pit, you can switch out of that. If you find yourself on judger on the judger path, you can switch out of that just by changing your question. What might be a good question you could ask to change your perspective or change your situation and get you out of judger into learner? What happened? Okay, tell me more. Why did I get myself here? Okay, so why why am I here? Why am I here? Okay, so you might be taking a look. Why am I here? What might help you switch off of that? Where do you want to be? Yes, sir. What do I need to change? Okay. Okay. Can I offer just taking it a step further with you? I love where you're dancing, so I'm just going to embellish. What do I want to feel? What else? What past experiences are you drawing on that made you automatically go down that? Okay. So again, I'm, I can I dance with you? Uh, I don't know. Okay, are we allowed to dance? Is that a, is that <laughs> sinful still? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Make sure. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. So. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> so, what future do you want to create? You see the switching there? You're getting out of the past into solution focused. What else? Y'all are doing great. How can I move forward? How can I move? That's a powerful question. How can I move forward? In a moment, if you're in the judger pit, Think about a situation that you're dealing with. Maybe you've already thought of one that you're maybe a little judger on right now. That question, how can I move forward? What would that do for you right now? If you asked yourself that question, how can I move forward? What would that do for you? Switching lane, change your outlook, change your perspective. Our questions determine our outcome. So if you focus on questions that are problem-centered, guess where you're going to stay? In the problem. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore our problems. It doesn't mean that we ignore that the problems are there. It doesn't mean that there's, we don't uh, talk about the problems. But what it means is that we have to switch out of that at some point and say, okay, what's the future? Once we know what the problem is, then what's the change that needs to happen? What space do we need to create for creativity to happen? Because creativity doesn't happen in the mud pit, right? Right. So anybody have an example of when you were judged? Anybody have a time where you, where you felt judged by someone else that you would be comfortable sharing? How long do we 
<laughs> There's pastors in the room, right? So uh, give me a couple sentences about it. I'll give you one that we're still, still walking through asking these questions. Um, I did not call someone in our church who had had surgery to see how they were. Uh-oh. But did call someone else. And the first person was very adamant about that. Yeah, Why sure. You call me? So, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, boy, wow, I screwed up. <laughs> How'd you feel when they judged you? How'd Betrayed. you feel? Betrayed. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've known that person for 30 years. Wow. And so my first thought defensively was they should, they should know me. Mm. They should know I don't think that way. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we, this is several weeks removed. Sure. But, you know, it, it's, wow, I can't believe you think that way about me after we've known each other for so long. Sure, sure. So, great example, and thank you for your vulnerability. I appreciate that. Um, great example of when Judger kicks in. Wow, that's heavy, right? We feel betrayed. It creates a space of, uh, of judgment to continue. You get in the mud pit with them. Anybody have an example of when you were in Learner and you saw the results of Learner? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, that's good. That's a great. That's a that's a great perspective. Great perspective. Okay. So you were in Judger, and you yeah. switched out of that. And, and, I want, and I want to learn more, you know. And I feel like God has really brought me a long way through it. Like, he's really showed me a lot, and it's helped me grow. And because I've asked questions, and I've watched videos, and I've gone to classes, and sing, and have a lot of friends that sing, and, and so um, got, you know, just a lot of inspiration, so that I can work. And I just want to acknowledge you, too, because that, that's a lot of bravery displayed here, um, that you're stepping into a new role, yeah. a role where someone else was very proficient, yeah. and you've stayed in a place of curiosity. How do I grow? How do I develop? What do I need to learn? That not only changes you, but what does that do for the worship environment that you're creating? Yeah. A different sound, a different everything. So. Can I acknowledge something you just said? Because I, I think it's so key. You, <laughs> you pass the credit off to God, and I think it's true that He is working, but He's using you. And you were obedient. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ma'am.
automatically um, start making that a learning opportunity. So yes. even when we become offensive, or we become a, we have offense, we close down, we shut down, we assume. Yeah. But offense is that opportunity to open up. Yeah. But most of the time you don't want to open up. Right. Because it's hard. So I think even transitioning into, because my background is social work. Okay. Now I'm a family pastor. Okay. So even with that transition um, in social work, it's like pretty hostile. Yeah. People are hurt. People are broken. People are all of that. Yeah. Um, And taking God out of that system hasn't been the best move. Right. Can I pause you right there? You said a really powerful word, and I was waiting. I was just waiting for somebody to say it. The word assume. Yeah. Welcome to Assumptionville, where the leading cause of death is assumptions. <laughs> right? So we make assumptions, we commit a suicide. Like, we're, we're tuned in to, like, well, the, I, I bet they did that. And, and just like in this situation, well, how they, you know, why didn't he call me? <laughs> and they're making assumptions on the backside. Uh, I'll offer, and, and not just directed at you, but all of us. So when you become awakened to the reality of a suicide, learner, judger, whoever is the first to the table with awakening is responsible to handling that situation correctly, right? So do you continue. I, I, you had great okay. insight. <laughs> So good. So good. Thank you. Yes, sir. I can share this because I know my life good too. Um, she had trauma and a past experience, so anytime I may say or do something that means absolutely nothing, but then I see a response in her instead of asking questions of like, okay, what trigger did I hit that I didn't know existed? Sure. Yeah. So when we're we're when we're in negative situations, when even even I'm sorry, Andy, I'm going to go back to you again. When when you have those situations where you are judged or you're in a place where um, judger you know is attacking or hard situations, cortisol, our our brain. This is very interesting. So our brain amygdala hijacks our creativity and floods our brain. Uh, and I'm giving very you know, very, yeah, very limited overview of this. There's a lot of science behind this, but floods our brain with cortisol, which shuts down creativity. It's the fear mechanism. Interesting though, that the same uh, base um, that creates cortisol also creates DHEA, which is responsible for the creativity and the shift in perspective. And they, they fight against each other. There's this cortisol DHEA fight and the primary source of regulating that DHEA and cortisol comes from our heart. 
So it's actually taking, it's, it's learning heart intelligence to regulate the rest of our body. So you can actually, that heart breathing exercise that we did, um, you can actually use that to begin to self-regulate your heart and begin to speak to your heart. This is what I'm going to do. This is, sound familiar, like in the Bible? Instead of responding out of our emotions, we respond by faith. And we say, no, self, instead of responding out of the natural response of judgment, you're going to put on joy. You're going to put on peace. And you begin to tell your heart that. And then what happens, the amygdala actually beats, or the amygdala, amygdalas respond in unison with the beat of the heart. So as your heart, and this goes, if you're familiar with HRV and exercise, your heart rate variant and all of those things, the more that you control your heart through breathing and uh, self-regulation, it actually regulates your amygdalas, that, which then tell your brain how to align your body with what your heart is feeling and saying. It's really powerful, and I just threw a bunch of science at you, and some of you grabbed it, and others of you are like, yeah, okay, but just trust me that there's physiological response, and when you regulate yourself through these tools that we're using, you actually cause your brain to begin to mirror and cause your body to mirror what it is that you're telling it to do. Instead of being responsive in judgment, you're then saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to respond that way. How else can I view this? So I have a default shifting question. When I am finding myself in judger, I have a default question that I've programmed, that neuroplasticity in my brain, I've programmed myself to ask, how else can I view this? Anytime I find myself in judger, it's a default now that I ask myself, how else can I view this? It's just a default. It happens. And it takes time to learn that, about six weeks of being in hard situations where you're viewing things through the judger eye and you're recognizing it and then you're asking your shifting question. But it's becoming aware and asking that shifting question. How else can I view it? That's mine. You might come up with something else um, that works for you. But have that default question so that when you face the obstacles like a suicide, you can ask, how else can I view this? I, I make an assumption. Another great way to deal with assumptions, by the way, is I always say, can I put my assumption on loudspeaker? There's nothing like bringing to light those potential lies and misunderstandings to correct them. I, I, can I put my assumption on loudspeaker? I'm assuming that, help me understand, right? And so you just put it out there for people. So as we're looking at, we're wrapping up here today, but as we're looking at shifting questions, come on now. How can we change these questions? Maybe you've asked some of these. Why can't you get this done? What might be a better way to ask that question? Okay, what can I learn? Yeah? How can you set yourself up for success? Okay, so that might, were you in the previous session? Okay, I was going to say that might have come from the previous session. I, I like that question, but I always take it further because you is still taking ownership of, so how can I help you, can oftentimes still mean that you're taking ownership of a problem. So maybe reframe it. What do you need to get this done? Yeah, and then ask, how can I support you? Support is essential, but if they don't take ownership, it's going to do no good. What else? 
Anything else? Okay, next question. Why don't you respond to my emails? I've been accused of asking this. <laughs> what? I don't know, right? I was going through my phone earlier, hundreds. It's like, okay, stop. Do you have the right email address? Okay. So open-ended. Let's take it a little bit more open-ended. How, what? Yes. Is there a better way to get in touch with Okay, that's another great way. It's a closed-ended question, but it's a great way. Yeah? How to write you may there might be a reason. Uh, you know, what's preventing it? Yeah, what's your preferred? Some people oh, hate emails. Some people you'd get better response with text. But what do we do when someone doesn't respond to our email or our message or our Facebook message or whatever it is? What do we do? We just we start making assumptions and we feel our brains just they're, and they're judging me. They don't like my email. Why don't they have to? I start judging them. Why can't they make time? I'm their boss. Why can't they respond to me? I need to get this done. Are you stupid? You know, right? We start going through all of the. So open it and ask questions. Stay curious. All right. I want to give time for questions, Q&A, and then um, I also want to share with you some helpful next steps. So before we do Q&A, think about, uh, real quick, before we go into that, think about what you're sitting with right now. Think about what questions you're sitting with as we've talked about this tool. We've covered a lot of, gr a lot of ground in a really short amount of time. Um, so just think about what you're sitting with right now. And as you're doing that, I want to invite you to a couple of things. Um, first off, um, I do coach training with Emerge. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, it's so awesome. My passion, by the way, is to help people who help people. And I love, love, love seeing people take the coaching skill and use this skill at a, at a high proficiency level and begin to change and impact their world. I'm One of the things that I'm involved with, if you're familiar with the International Coaching Federation, I serve on the Council of Ambassadors for the ICF's foundation. And our goal we've, uh, is to bring coaching into um, this, the sustainable goals of the UN, to bring coaching into the impact of the UN 30 sustainable goals to make social impact changes through the power of coaching. And so we're involved in all of those spaces. And it's so cool to watch people just like you take such a simple skill. Like this is stuff that we should learn in like kindergarten, but we don't, right? You know, we're taught critical thinking. Let me just pause on that for a moment and go over here. <laughs> like we're taught critical thinking, which is really important. But critical thinking is what gets us in the problems of judger instead of being creatively thinking about potential and possibility. So anyway, that's a whole nother soapbox I won't get on. But uh, anyway, so I want to um, invite you to coach training with me at Emerge. We have multiple options. I just got back actually from Florida. We did a big training in uh, Florida, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think what's fun for me working with pastors and uh, people in ministry with this is that one, I'm a pastor, and two, um, I love watching pastors minister to each other using the coaching skill. So fun. So anyway, uh, I'd invite you on that journey. I also have, if you like courses in nature, and you're in the uh, area uh, in Cleveland, uh, outside of Cleveland, on April 17th, I'm doing a program called Leading from the Inside Out. And we utilize the horses in nature to learn about presence and communication, resilience. It's a lot of 
of fun. Um, so I'd invite you on that journey. It's listed at 250, but if you register for this and mention Synergy, it goes down to 185. So if you want to register for this, you just send me an email. You've got my phone number, my email, the websites. Um, just let me know. I'd love to have you involved with this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, just to give you a quick example of how we learn. Um, the last time I was uh, a part of a program there, we stood around in a circle. The horses were out doing their own thing. We stood around in a circle and we just taking a moment to do the heart breathing exercise we just did and focused in on gratitude. Think of someone or something that you're grateful for and just began to regulate our bodies, our lives according to gratefulness, right? And the horses who aren't doing anything near us all of a sudden come into the, to the circle and the lead horse pushes his way through to stand right in the middle of the circle where we're all breathing and expressing gratitude uh, in a silent way. So it was just really powerful. But anyway, so I'd invite you on that journey as well. All right, what questions are you sitting with that um, maybe I can help provide some answers or ask more questions about? Yes, sir. That's a great question. How do I ask questions to different generations? And that's so, so powerful. And presence is, I would say, the key there. How do you show up? You know, what, what presence are you bringing? What tone, your body language? We all know that only 7% of our communication is words. Everything else is our tone and our body language. Um, again, not something we're taught in school. We're taught how to talk, not actually be present in the moment. And, and so you have to teach yourself to be present. So uh, being just like you would go to school and learn how to speak, you have to learn the skill of presence and being in the moment um, and how to approach folks and also understand um, that it's theirs to own. It's theirs to own how they receive, right? But if I ask a question, you don't interpret it as a question. Is it a question? No, right. So presence is really key. I wanted to speak on that as well. Um, I think another thing is if we, I'm 29, so if we want information, usually we're looking for wisdom, answers, information from the, the generation before us, which is cool because I would rather just ask you a bunch of questions, but relationship is key as well. Right. So sometimes it's like relationship, environment, and how you go about um, getting that information. But even, I say this in a funny way, but even older people want relationships. <laughs> and they probably want it even more than just being interviewed to have information taken from them that they had to learn over time. So that relationship piece is really important. And I want to extract that word relationship. Questions are so intrinsically relational. You, you have to be present in the moment to know what question to ask, right? You have to be with the person in the moment to even know the question to ask. So that's such a key piece. Other questions that you're sitting with? Yeah.
that the first question that comes up may not always be the first question that needs to be asked. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need like those, I'll call them setting questions to then get to that last question or that most, like especially when it comes to like hard or difficult situations, um, like the nail. You want to yeah. just get to the nail. Yeah. But ultimately there might be questions or something beforehand to then address the nail. Yeah. Just to, so the questions we ask determine the decisions that we make, and then we begin to create an awareness around those decisions we're making that determine results that we have. So if it's QDAR, if you followed that, it's a great um, little tool. Dr. Adams cover that in that book? No. It's a great book. So um, it's available, um, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life is available on Amazon. It's also audiobook, um, all of the mechanisms out there. It's a, it's a really good book. It's translated in all different languages. There's a lot of great material out there. Yeah. Other questions you're sitting with or takeaways that you want to bring forward? Awesome. Well, thank you. I hope that this has been helpful for you and you have great insight. Thank you.